It is Thursday, May 25th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Panthers are headed to the Stanley Cup final. And the Miami Heat look to close it out. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. A couple teams facing elimination as the Dallas Stars and the Boston Celtics in must-win games. Panthers head to the Stanley Cup final, beating the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 last night, finishing off a four-game sweep. But AJ, we focus our attention on tonight's action And let's start with the other South Florida team that is making waves this postseason, and that's the Miami Heat, trying to duplicate what the Panthers have done, which is be an eight seed that climbs all the way through the postseason and gets to the championship round. Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA guru, is with us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. And, Mac, watching all of the talk shows yesterday, it seemed like, there's a lot of people out there that feel pretty good about the Celtics' chances to come back and win this series. It starts with tonight's game, but where are you right now on the Celtics and the Heat? I think there's a very good chance that the Celtics win this series. I think there's you know a 30% chance. I don't think the market's wrong in their assessment. Um, so 28 teams since 2002, our database, have gone 3-0 and then lost the fourth game. 21 times those those teams won in Game 5. They closed it out. None of those teams were eight-point underdogs. In fact, the biggest underdog in that spot was three-and-a-half points in 2009 when the Celtics went up 3-0 and then they had to come back and actually win it in six. So this is unprecedented waters. Power rating-wise, we've never seen a team in this bad of a spot that's supposed to be, you know, you just look at scoring margin on the season, the Heat were negative, the Celtics were best in the league, supposed to be that much better. And uh, they had chances to win Game 1 and 2, Game three was uh, an embarrassment of epic proportions, and then they won game four. So I haven't made that much of a, a change in my assessment of the teams. Upgrade the Heat a point and a half, that's what the market did. Game one was nine, now we're looking at seven and a half, eight. Yeah, I'm even seeing eight and a half on the board. That's true. So it, it, it seems to me like a lot is being made of the 3-0 comeback. But I think you have to ignore that because let's just look at it where we are now. This isn't a 3-0 series. True. This is now a 3-1 series. You almost have to forget that it was 3-0. So all that I talk about no team has ever come back from 3-0, I don't want to hear that right now. Maybe let's have the 3-1 conversation now because that's where the series is at right now. And the Celtics are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in this game tonight. If they win this game tonight, we can eliminate the conversation about teams coming back from 3-1. And then we could talk about teams coming back from 3-2. Do you think there's a accumulation effect where teams never come back from 3-0 because it's so hard to win and win and win, where this team is in a better spot the Heat are at 3-1 than other teams? I, I think because most of the time it's the worst team yeah, that's normally, down 3-0. Well, if you're down 3-0, that other team is just better than you. Yes. Right. And, and I also think that it's rare, and I, I, I mean, we can, I'm sure we can look at this up in the database, how many times – is it the team with home court advantage that's down 3-0? Because think about it where we are now in this series. By winning 
a game on the road. Like, when the Celtics were down 2-0, it didn't matter which game they won. Think about that. Every, you put, everyone wants to put the pressure they on the— win two road games. Exactly. Everyone wants to put the pressure on, oh, the idea of being down 3-0. It didn't matter. All that mattered was that they won at least one game in Miami. And they did that because now game five is in Boston and they're a massive favorite. And then you have to win a game in Miami in game six. And then you'll come home for game seven and you'll be a massive favorite in game seven. Which, by the way, if they win tonight, they're going to be favored in game six anyway on the road. Right. We agree with that. But but I think that's the situation that's different where it's not like, oh, well, we have to win at home to avoid elimination. But then we go on the road, and we're down three games to one, and we're going to lose on the road. So shout out to Brandon Anderson on Twitter. He had this stat. Three times a favorite has gone up 3-0 in the series. Gone down 3-0 in the series. Gone down 3-0. Obviously, those teams are 0-3. Two of them lost in five. Last one was 2010, where the Magic lost to the Celtics again, that same series, in six games. So really, is it 0-150? No. Or is it 0-3 that we're dealing with here, you know? That, that, and that kind of puts it into perspective, right? That this wouldn't be uh, the historic of historic comebacks. It's only happened three times where a team that is the higher seed that has home court advantage has gone down 3-0. But here's the thing. Like, I don't know. And, McKenzie, I'm curious how much you've adjusted your power rating since the season or since the postseason started because Celtics were what, the second-best team in the NBA this year. Heat barely made the playoffs. Like, I think if you if you if the if the playoffs started again today, there wouldn't be that much of a gap power rating rise wise between them. I think people like either the Celtics are weaker than what everybody thought yes. at the beginning, right? Or the Heat are significant, and maybe a little bit of both. I think it is both. I've, I've I think I made a mistake entering the series. I was big on Boston winning in five. I can't believe I made that bet. Um, I think my upgrade of the Heat was appropriate from a half point better to two and a half points better. I don't think I downgraded the Celtics enough for the for their coaching mistakes and their bad clutch performances, because it's not, I mean, the coach has been bad. The decisions, the adjustments have been bad. But it's not just him. 2022, 2023, last two seasons, the Celtics have been bottom five in clutch rating. Usually that's not enough stats to mean anything, but it's starting to become an accumulation where the Celtics have a problem. They don't have a point guard. We saw this with the Clippers, and they don't have great decision-making down the stretch. I want to ask a question. Which you, by the way, mentioned on the Dream Preview. I want to ask a question uh, for both of you. Mackenzie, you can go first. If we reversed... Games three and four. If the Celtics won game three, the way that they, you know, just reverse the games. And then game four was the Miami blowout. It looked like the Celtics quit. And it was a 3-1 series, just like we have now, coming back to Boston here for this game five. I think perception would be totally different. I think instead of opening at seven and a half and then being betted up to eight and a half, I think the perception would be Celtics just dropped one, didn't care, they were flat, and we have seen open at eight and a half. So the market got there eventually, mm-hmm. but I do think perception would be very different if you switch those two games. AJ, would your opinion change on the on the teams in the series? I think it would, yeah, because I, I think it, it's a totally different beast when you're willing to quit down 2-0. Like, when you've got nothing banked, like, it's it felt like they were quitting on the series when they quit in that game. Yeah, and we all thought, I mean, I, I'm certainly guilty of it. I thought that they were going to roll over and die in game four because of the way that they looked in yeah. game three. I actually made a bet uh, with RJ, $100 to win 5000 Heat minus 30 and a half. We almost got there. It looked for a second like we were going to get there. <laughs> in game three? Yeah. Oh, wow, that would have been an awesome bet. Oh, in game four. In, in game, game four. four. Yeah. Oh, after okay. <laughs> we, we only missed the cover by 46 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close, though. It was a novel thought. 
That's a good alternate spread line, by the way. Getting that, <laughs> getting that plus, yeah. The plus thing was, thousand. Boston minus 30 and a half was 50 to 1 also, and I thought much higher chance, much, much higher chance that the Heat, um, you know, just get fun threes down the stretch and have fun in South Beach to close it out. Didn't happen, but I thought there was value there. Well, let's talk about what, what I think really won this game for, for Boston and Boston. By, by the way, we both made that bet together. I wasn't betting RJ. Just to oh, okay, okay. You so you didn't bet against him. No, no, we both thought that was a good bet. Okay. Uh, Boston just shot the lights out. Like if Boston makes eighteen threes and they shoot forty percent from outside for the rest of this series, they will win this series Mm -hmm. four games to three. It feels like the defensive intensity in Game Four was different for the Heat. And one of the things that I kind of liked about the Heat was, and I think Jimmy Butler does a good job of this normally. I don't think he did a good job in Game Four. But he reminds his team that they're not supposed to be good. Like, they, they have to work their ass off constantly to keep up with this team. Like, they, they play with the chip on their shoulder knowing that they're not as talented as Boston. And they don't try to say, like, they don't gather up in a circle and say, hey, look in our circle. We're just as good as those guys. They say, no, those guys are better than us. We're a bunch of guys who didn't get drafted. We're a bunch of guys who have been passed over. And it's like a dog mentality that I really appreciate with the Heat. And it didn't seem there on in, in game four, four. Yeah. but he mentioned that in his post-game press. He made two, two notable comments, I thought. One was, we've got to get back to what we are, and that's playing like underdogs, playing like we're the ones facing elimination. And when we're up 3-0, we should be playing like we're the ones facing elimination. And I gave credit to the Nuggets for doing that same thing. They played that game four like they were the ones about to be out of the playoffs. Like their starters didn't sit. Yeah, the relief on Jokic's face when that shot didn't go in. Oh my like god! The it's like they needed that like blood. Yeah. It was crazy. I think I, I think that the Heat have to get back to that. But then the other thing that I heard, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, and maybe this is me being like a prude, but Jimmy Butler was like, "We're gonna we're gonna relax. We're yeah, gonna have a party in South Beach. We're gonna go drink a couple beers." Have some wine. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to go in the locker room after a loss and drink some beers and have some wine? And, like, that doesn't feel like a, the dog that I want to hear. It's not uncommon for a professional athlete. Don't, don't, I mean, you would know Certainly than not. But I, you don't want to say that. Like, how are you going to prepare for game five? It was five? very nonchalant. It was kind of the opposite of the first comment that you Going to drink some beers. Like, <laughs> it was kind of the, um, the, the op- wouldn't you say it's like the opposite of we're yes. underdogs, we have to do everything to scrap? Yes. So the, it's like, uh, it's pulling me both ways. I don't know what to think about the heat right now. Um, because, like I said, I, I've never, even though I've said, I think the Boston's overrated this entire time. I've never thought that the Heat were the better team. I don't think that. I, I think the the Celtics are supposed to beat the Heat. But that's sports. The team that's supposed to win doesn't always win. And otherwise, if, if they did, it would be really boring. So I, I think that the Celtics are live. I think the Heat will end up winning this series. I just don't know how, how long it's going to take. Fez, Fez said on the pod yesterday, on the Dream Pod, Miami can't win a Game 7. And I disagree. I think typically I get that the – the lower-seeded team who's blown a 3-0 lead, I would certainly want to fade them. But Miami just feels like the kind of team that, eh, I'm not I'm not in a rush to fade them. And Jason Tatum, while he's been, I mean, the best player for the Celtics by far in this series, and really in these playoffs, Jalen Brown's not been good in these playoffs, period. There is still this weird thing where 
Every second or third game, Jason Tatum just no-shows a fourth quarter. And that event, like, you have to dodge that bullet four times in a row. Well, you did it the first time. Jason Tatum was great in the fourth quarter. They win. Is he going to be great in three more fourth quarters? I don't know. So the first two games, he did not make a field goal. Zero for three. I think he had 10 points off free throws in the fourth quarters. Game three, they didn't play the fourth quarter because he was down by 30. Sure. And then his first good fourth quarter in a minute since, since uh, the Sixers. Since the Sixers. 12, 11 points, five for seven in the, in the latest game. So, and I asked you this yesterday, like how, how much do you trust Jason Tatum, nine out of, or, uh, 10 out of, or out of 10? You said nine. And it's hard to argue that, but there is that, there's like this doubt in my mind that like, man, once crunch time comes, like. The Celtics can lose a game seven. They could lose a game seven by 15 points. They're bad at home. They're 10 and 11 the last two years in the playoffs, nine and 12 ATS. And we've seen this be a game of runs. If they have a little bit of doubt, they, they don't know what to do. There's no, like, plan B. There's no uh, cohesion when things are going wrong for the Celtics. And I go back to this, and I people are, people who listen to this part are like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up about this. The Heat are better coached. Yeah, game they, sevens are going to – that's going to matter. Every time you get into these clutch situations, crunch time, like a, a situation where – like, Spolstra's done all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's done this. He's done bigger things than this. Like, game five or game five of this playoff series – is not the biggest game of Eric Spolstra's career. You can't say that on the other. It is. That's yeah. it's the biggest game. So I, and and like if it gets to a game seven, this game seven wouldn't be the biggest game of Eric Spolstra's career. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's an advantage to having been there and done that. I think there's a learning curve to NBA playoff coaching, and I just think the Heat have a, a pretty big advantage there. I don't know if it comes into play tonight. Again, I'm not. I I. I didn't think that the Heat were going to sweep this series. I didn't think that the Celtics sucked. But I, I, I do think the Heat get the job done. I just don't know if they get it done in five. All right, as far as player props for tonight's game goes, where are we leaning on player points? Let's start with the player points. Uh, Jason Tatum sitting here at um, pretty— 30 and a half? Yeah, pretty high, yeah. Pretty high number for and Jason Tatum. It jumps Tatum. around from 29 and a half to 30 and a half. I think 30 and a half is a no play or an under— uh, he's gone over that number seven out of 17 playoff games. But he just – do I think if the rest of his career he's going to average 31 points per game in the playoffs, which would be like Michael Jordan? No, I, I think that's too high. Uh, we've seen the total tick down a couple points from game four. Uh, I would lean under on that one. So what's his PRA at right now? Um, if Okay, so Tatum's PRA is 47 and a half, okay? All right. He has six – 30-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist games in this in these playoffs. That's second all-time in a single postseason behind LeBron in 2018 had seven such games. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. So you're telling me that if Jason Tatum, if Jason Tatum does that tonight and ties LeBron for the most such games in an NBA postseason in history, he still wouldn't go over his PRA number because that's 45. <laughs> that's wild. They bumped those numbers <laughs> yeah. up. Man. That's a great point. <laughs> that's, so 47 I, and a half is, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll give you two players I'm looking at for points tonight. One is, uh, one from each team, and I've, I've done this a couple times for the Heat. I think Martin over 12 and a half is probably good again. When the Heat have been good, Martin's been shooting the ball. And they got away from that last game. Uh, and I know he kind of he left the court for a little while. He was banged up a little bit. Uh, I, I expect that he gets back into his ways probably. I don't think he goes to like 20, but I think he's probably good for a 15-point game. 
for the Celtics, who's the one guy in this game, uh, game five or game four, that was like the surprise positive story for the Celtics? It was Grant Williams. Yes. Yeah. Grant Williams has been a, a freaking no show in the playoffs. They're down 3 0. They win a game. Not only win, they blow, they blow them out. The only good player off the bench for the Celtics was Grant Williams. Do you think Grant Williams is not going to get 25, 29 minutes again? I think there's no way he doesn't get minutes. And his prop is at seven. He scored 14 last game, he scored 12 in game three. His usage is up. In this series, particularly compared to the Sixers series where they didn't really want him on the floor, I think they're comfortable having him out there against Miami. Uh, it helps that guys like Duncan Robinson are out there so they feel more comfortable like having more offense on the floor. But I, I think Grant Williams over seven is a nice uh, a nice number. I like my one of my favorites right here. Robert Williams over six and a half points. Like, in game one of this series, when they were like, all right, we're, we're going to need him, right? He had 14 points. Game two, he had 13 points. In game three, he had eight. Game four, he had seven. But he's taken at least five shots in every game this series. And all he's got to do is make three of them to get six points. Well, and every shot he takes is within two feet of the basket. So. And, and, what does that, and, and what does that mean? It means there's they the, usually go in. But there's also potentials for fouls. And if he gets to the free throw line one time, he's going to go over this number. He was two of three from the free throw line in game one, three of four from the free throw line in game two, oh of one in game three, one of two in game number four. I just need this dude to go three of five from like a couple of layups or dunks and maybe get fouled one time, have an end one play. Yeah. Give, give me seven points. You tell me Robert Williams isn't going to have seven points tonight. If Robert Williams doesn't have seven points, the Celtics don't win a game. I don't know if I agree with that because, I mean, there's been plenty of games where Robert Williams was a zero on offense and, and they've, they've won because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown go off, which speaking of, like, do we look at Jalen Brown unders? How, how is, how is Jalen Brown being priced now compared to the beginning of the playoffs, Mac? Uh, it's only been a slight downgrade, 22 and a half. You probably would have found 24 and a half in round one. Um, you know, he's getting the shots. Uh, I, I think, you know, cold streaks are more likely to regress to the mean than anything. I, I haven't seen anything from his game. I know, I've heard he might be injured. I haven't seen anything like that. I think he's just missing right now. Uh, of the two plays, and they're kind of at odds. You can both win, but they're kind of at odds because are the Celtics going to prioritize defense and play a lot of Robert Williams or play more of the bench unit, play faster, and play Grant Williams? I kind of think it's working more uh, with Grant Williams at the moment. He, he's had eight fouls in thir his last 30 minutes of action. Uh, you know, It's hard to play against guards when, when you're that big and uh, you're not that fast. Uh, and what was the other one? Oh, yeah, uh, Martin. I kind of like that because the sneaky injury that happened in game four was Gabe Vincent, mm -hmm. the Celtics' third point leading scorer. His over-under is only 11 and a half. He's averaging 17 points a game. So they're expecting him to be very much hobbled. Hobbled, yeah. So that, that helps Martin's prop a lot. All right. So it sounds like we've got some winners there. Is, there. is there one in particular that jumps out at you outside the ones we've discussed? Um, you know, I haven't done all my homework, but I think the Grant Williams one is my favorite right now that I've heard. All right. I also like uh, Celtics in the first half tonight. Why, Why? is that? I think they, I think they're gonna look as good as they've looked all series. Feed off the home crowd. They're gonna get out to a fast start. I don't know. I, I again, I, I think like what McKenzie said about the Celtics not being a great home team, and I guess the crowd. It's not because of the crowd. The crowd's gonna be. Crowd will be it. raucous early. 
I will, I will say uh, I don't trust the crowd to be uh, too friendly late if they get down eight or ten. That's true. Uh, maybe so maybe, maybe it's the first a good half look. Makes sense. Yeah, with, maybe that is a right, the right. Everything's look. positive. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The Florida Panthers continue their run as they sweep the Carolina Hurricanes and are on to the Stanley Cup final, continuing to defy How? all analytics. This entire postseason has just defied all analytics. Like, if you are an analytical better like myself, like, you're just getting crushed this postseason. Because, yes, you got a guy like Sergei Bobrovsky that's making, you know, the saves and is not allowing goals that should go in. And you have teams that are outplaying teams and just not getting the results. Uh, Florida took an early lead in this game. Carolina came back, tied it 2-2, and then they tied the game late 3-3 with about four minutes left. And then with a little over a minute left, a penalty was called on Carolina. Was it a penalty? Yeah, it was a penalty. (laughs) (laughs) Would I have liked the official to swallow his whistle there? Well, did you bet on... Like Carolina. Okay, then yes, you would have liked him to swallow I, the whistle. I would have liked him to swallow the whistle. Like, sometimes you just you just think, you know what? Like, let's use some judgment here. There's a minute left in the game. It's about to do that. It, we talk about this. It's going to go to overtime. If it's like, a 50-50 call, I agree with you, maybe. But how bad was it? Was it a 50-50 call? It was. Was it a judgment call? Yeah. 
kind of. So basically what happened was Jordan Stahl, who's the captain of the Hurricanes, is going in on a forecheck, and he swings his stick to knock the puck away. He knocks the puck away, and then the player who was, you know, he knocked the puck away from continued skating uh, and tripped over his stick. Okay? My stick was just out there. He, it's called, it was called a tripping penalty. Did he reach out his stick and trip the player like a true tripping penalty? No. Was it inadvertent? Yes. Did he gain an advantage? Is it a penalty? Yeah. yeah. It's a, pe- it's I, a penalty. Oh, McKenzie asked a good question. Did he gain an advantage from it? No, the puck was, there was no, I mean, well, depends. I mean, I don't, it had no bearing on what, what would happen with the puck, you know? Like it was behind the play or whatever, but like still. So let it go, in my opinion. Come on. It still, listen. We want OT. It is a penalty. That it, I, listen, I want, there's been enough OT. Yeah. <laughs> I, just want to, I, just, I just want to reiterate that, though. It is a penalty. There's no denying. I'm not arguing that at all. I just, it would have been nice to, like, see these guys play it out at even strength. And I, I was telling AJ before the show, McKenzie, that if I, like, had access to, like, a, a DraftKings or a, a FanDuel or whatever that was offering, like, a live line right then and there with 50 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. I would have bet everything that the Florida was winning that game, because I said, you know what? They're on this. They're on the power play now. This is just some bad juju. Yeah, they're gonna I win this you. game that right now. And Matthew Kachuk, the the hero again. He scores with four seconds left in the game. That is the latest game tying, or excuse me, game winning goal in regulation to clinch a series in Stanley Cup playoff history. 19 minutes and 55 seconds of the mm. third period. Kachuk's goal goes in. They reviewed it for interference. If it was, this is, see, this is another thing. I think the situation room in Toronto made a judgment call. And if this was a regular season goal in the second period of a game, I think they call goaltender interference. And I think they overturn the goal. But in the playoffs, where it's got to be, like, egregious to overturn the call, they didn't overturn it. Imagine they overturn it six overtimes later. I know. Well, that's listen, that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah, that's no, what happened. Yeah. They Who overturned. needs that? I, see, I also think that that was part of the, not part of the decision. But, listen, this has been a miracle run for Florida. They're the sixth team in NHL history to sweep a best-of-seven series with all one-goal wins. And it's just the second time it's ever happened this late in the postseason. This is the this team was not in the playoffs with a day and a half left in the regular season. It took some foolishness to get them in. It took the Penguins losing to the Blackhawks. Greatest win in franchise history. For the Florida Panthers to get into the playoffs. Which you said was the the biggest mistake in Blackhawks history. Well, it didn't matter because they got Connor Bedard anyway, right? <laughs> lucky, so, lucky. Yeah, it got Connor Bedard. You know what? Maybe this was like the NHL rewarding them. I think so. For keeping Pittsburgh out because, you know, the NHL had a plan for Florida to <laughs> that's win. That's the prize. Right? Hey, you get, that's the anti-tanking. Now, Kenny Albert made an incredible comment at the end. He's the broadcaster on the TNT, right? He made an incredible uh, comment that... It was right at the end of the broadcast, and I think not many people might have heard it. It kind of, like, has gone overlooked or just because he kind of said it in passing. My balls like, is hot. 
No, that was Derek Lewis. Oh, but it was like <laughs> right. A really good quote then. It was right at the end of. It was like right at the end of the broadcast as he's saying goodbye and signing off, and he says, "And that's my terrible Kenny Albert impression." But he's like, "And just so you know, just so you know, uh, this team, Florida Panthers, was the President's Trophy winner last year. Three of the last five President's Trophy winners have all won the Stanley Cup the following year. Right. We'll see you, everybody. Good night from TNT. Not I was a bad like, and I was Albert. like, what? I was like, wait, 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 did you just say that? And then I started looking back and thinking about it because I mentioned this on prior, prior broadcast about how Florida was uh-huh. the best team in the NHL last season and it didn't work out. And, like, it's kind of a correlation to what the Miami, Miami. Heat are going through. They were, the, they were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year, and we forget. But, yes, if you look back, three of the last five President's Trophy winners, all won the, three of them won the Stanley Cup the following season. The Colorado Avalanche were the President's Trophy winners in 2021. They won the Stanley Cup the next year, 2022. Tampa Bay Lightning. Wait, you're saying 2022 came after 2021? Yes. The Tampa Bay Lightning were— Does that add add up? I'll have to check on that. They were a President's Trophy winner, and then they, you know, went and they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, The Capitals, 2017, right? Capitals won the Cup in 2018, I believe. So it's— The Panthers are in Miami. I didn't know that. The Florida Panthers are in Miami. Well, it's Miami. Miami it's yeah. Miami yeah. Dade County. Yes, they're in they're in Sunrise. Title Title Town. They're in Sun. Well, well they see. you know they they originally played in Miami. They shared the arena with the Heat. Did not when they when they first came to the league in '93. I want to say they shared the arena with the Heat before they built their own like hockey arena. And they're in Sunrise, which is like next to Fort Lauderdale. But it, yes, it's Miami Dade County. I think it's still Miami Dade County, Sunrise, Florida. So yes, it's still the Greater Miami area. But yeah, when they first came into the league. The league awarded Miami a franchise. That was this like Miami got a hockey franchise, and they just they called it the Florida Panthers, um, because the Panther is like a it's a, a Florida Panther is a type of big cat that's like endangered. Oh, down in Florida, it's a type of For real. There's a there's a Florida. There is a Florida cat? Panther, a uh. Florida Panther that it is a legit animal, a Florida Panther. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this is <laughs> there's a, also a Seattle Kraken. It's less talked about. <laughs> yes. But there is one. Like yeah, a lot of people haven't seen it. It's somewhere off that uh, yeah. that that Pacific Coast. In the Coast. sound, yeah. So the Panthers, who are the President's Trophy winners last season, maybe this is the 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 the, the, the good juju. They're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, and then we should look at the Bruins for next year. Right? How about this? Yeah, right. They are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. They don't have it's an the opponent. Stanley Cup Final, by the way. Oh, okay. So Sorry. In in hockey, it goes conference finals, mm-hmm. right? Stanley Cup final. Okay. There's no S well, at the I'm end of Stanley Cup. I'm not stuff. Canadian. I was born here in America. <laughs> Just where like we say center finals. is spelled T-R-E. Yeah, we don't <laughs> say that. Uh, a U in color? What do you guys do? Yeah, but um, I, and now I've lost my train of thought. You're saying they're in the Stanley Cup final. They don't they have an opponent yet. Plus 210. No, to that's win not the true. Cup. Hey, what, I'm, I'm plus 110. I'm looking at plus 110. Plus 110, Vegas minus 115. If you if you see a plus two, Vegas, ten, is, an in. Vegas exactly. is the favorite right now. They're up 3 0 in their series, and they're minus one fifteen to win the cup. Dallas is plus twenty five hundred. Hmm. And Florida is plus one ten. I I don't know why I saw that plus two ten earlier. VGK is gonna beat Florida. Yeah. There you go. Listen. You heard it here first. Uh, 
But then again, listen. Then again, no, no, no. Florida <laughs> has defied all. They were down Scott, three games to one to the Bruins. I know the you, greatest regular season team in in history. You are the hockey expert. You watch a lot more hockey than I do. But Mackenzie and I came up with a system, <laughs> and so far it works. Bet VGK. AJ, I promise you, it's I will, AJ, it, it works, AJ, right? I promise you, I will pick VGK in every game of the Stanley Cup Final. And they will lose Ooh. to Florida. Because if you're betting VGK, I might have to reconsider. Like, it's it's, it's going to happen because Florida has defied all logic. Them winning doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Yeah. They've been the worst team in every round that they've played. Four wins by one goal a game seems super lucky. It's incredible. And the uh, again, I bring up the analytics, but the expected numbers, they should have been outscored by at least four goals this series. Bobrovsky has stood on his head coming into this game. He had stopped 110 of the last 111 shots that he has faced. And he his goals saved above expected were over eight. He should have allowed eight more goals than he let up. He is just, he, he really has played out of his mind. Right now, if you look at the odds to win the consmite, he is your favorite at plus 200. Matthew Kachuk, who now has what? Three game winners in 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 this series alone, yep. right? The two overtime winners, and then and then this game last night. He's plus three fifty. If Florida is able to beat Vegas, which we're assuming it's Vegas, we're going to say that Dallas is not coming Obviously. back from down three zero. I think it's got to be Bobrovsky, because I think the only way that Florida beats Vegas is if he continues to play out of his mind and has games like he had against Carolina because Carolina outshot them every game. They yeah. outplayed them every game. Vegas will outshoot Florida in every game. Vegas will outplay Florida in every game. But if Florida scores one more goal than Vegas does in each game, Florida's going to win. So I think Bobrovsky's got to be the pick for Florida for the Smythe plus 200. And for Vegas, I think you go – a little bit deeper down the odds board and the name recognition will tell you it's Jack Eichel. He's the name brand, but Jonathan Marchessault has had big time goals in this series. And I think that if he can score a couple of game winners in a Stanley cup final, or even in, you know, a clinching game against Dallas, I think his odds do shorten up from 14 to one. I wouldn't go Aiden Hill because, uh, as he doesn't let any goals in, but as great as he's been, um, I think Vegas wins on by offense. yes by scoring, as opposed to well Vegas is undefeated this year when they score more goals than their <laughs> opponent. That's a good. That is a very sound observation. Yep. But they've also scored what eleven goals in the three games this series. Yes. So we're not talking about them winning two to one or one nothing games. We're talking about them winning four three, three two, and four nothing. What do you make of this as a hedge play? I like the Knights, minus 115, minus 120. Mm -hmm. And I like the goalie, plus 210 for the other team. Yeah. How do I lose money appropriating those two bets? Well, I guess there's a chance that Bobrovsky doesn't play well. And, and the reason why Florida wins is because Kachuk goes off and scores a bunch of goals. That's true. Like, what if? kind of like that, though. Yeah, I kind of like it, too, because I do think it's a, it's a very close correlation for the way that I think Florida has to beat Vegas. Like, Florida has to beat Vegas with Bobrovsky playing the way that he's been playing. But because I think Vegas, then again, if you think that the way to beat Vegas is just to outscore them because beat Vegas, because, the because Vegas is going to score three to four goals a game, 
which I is thought what I they've done. Twenty four got my ass kicked. <laughs> then then you go with a guy like Kachuk if you think that that's how Florida has to win. Bet but with Vegas, yeah, I think uh, I think it's wide open for Vegas. Whoever uh, you know can can win can win the Smythe for them. Uh, but hey, there's a game tonight. It's not a foregone conclusion, right? Dallas is minus one fifteen. Vegas minus one oh five. A total is five and a half tonight. And the question is, will, you know, Jake Ottinger bounce back from the performance where he got pulled? And what have we seen throughout this postseason is that, yeah, he has bounced back every time. Not every time. Every time he's gotten pulled, which is twice. And he's bounced back both times that he's gotten pulled. So... You also, you know, you talk about, oh, maybe fatigue was the reason why he played so poorly in that game. Well, it certainly helps when you get a whole game to sit on the bench, right? Yeah. So uh, I do like Dallas to stave off elimination tonight, and then Vegas can close it out here in town in game five. How's that? Sounds good. And then we can go to the game and celebrate. All right. Right? Selfishly. Selfishly, we want Dallas to win tonight so that we can go to game five. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. It's official. Well, I mean, it was Again. it was official, but then it's like not official, but now it is official or better, more official. I don't know. The A's are coming to Vegas. We know this. But uh, the news that came out yesterday was that the state of Nevada, as well as Clark County officials here in Las Vegas, have come to an agreement on how much public assistance is going to be contributed towards the ballpark that will be built on the location of the Tropicana here on the Vegas Strip. So this is going to be fun. We're going to get a brand new ballpark. And if it's anything close to what the AAA ballpark is, Las Vegas ballpark, it's going to be one of the best in baseball because the Las Vegas ballpark where the Aviators play, which is the A's AAA facility, is one of the nicer AAA stadiums I've been to across the yeah, country. No doubt. It's beautiful. Got, I would imagine. They got listen, the pool in right field. You're not going to yeah. build a new stadium in Vegas, like a state of the art stadium mm-hmm. with a retractable roof and half asset. Like yeah. they're, they're going to go all out with this thing. I, I mean, the Raiders did the same thing. Yep. It built a state of the art stadium. Um, and yeah, I imagine it's going to be pretty awesome. So I, I'm excited. They stink right now, but I think once they get here, that they. Uh, they crank it up and, and start to spend some money, and they give us yeah. a, a decent product. You know who's thanked the Astros before they were great? That's true. Tigers before they were great. That's true. The, the, the Aces are coming. I mean, the, the athletics are coming, baby. The, pros, the, the process for right. the athletics it's, it <laughs> needs to get underway. Like, if you do you think they rebrand? No. They're, they're going to be the Las Vegas A's, yeah. right? Okay, that's but what But do I you think mean. they rebrand from the green and gold? No. Or the style of the uniform, oh, the style of the A? series in those colors, man. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a unique combo. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, nobody else had. Like, you see the A's playing, you know it's the A's. You know, it's not like the Cardinals, like, where you go, okay, the Cardinals are playing. Is that the Reds? Is it, or the Red Sox? Is the Car- I don't know. You see the A's, that's the A's. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of a, it's good for your brand. If there's something that recognizable, and I, I think Oakland has that. That's true. I just think, like, you know, you have an opportunity, like, uh, I don't know, you can you can brand the A, like the ace uh, of, like, spades, you know, like what kind of like the Las Vegas Aces did. But, you know, you kind of change it a little bit. I mean, the Las Vegas Aces has a, obviously a, a dual meaning, right? Obviously, we have Nellis Air Force Base here, and it's a— it's, it's Whoa, a, wait a minute. You're saying like, it's not just the card? It's also like aces, like like a pilot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. Did you really not know that? 
In the back of my mind, I think I did because I do know what an ace is. But yeah, I don't think I put that together. No, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dual meaning. Um, so I, I, I would like to see. Like I always thought that if Vegas was going to get an NBA team, it was going to be the Kings, right? Like first of all, the Maloofs, they had the yeah. palms, they had the they had the property here in Vegas, and it was like, oh, well, they own the team, and might as well move them to Vegas and make them the Kings, and you can brand it like Kings, like a deck of cards, Kings, whatever. Uh, aces and the Kings. Yeah, and then we'd have the Aces and the Kings. It kind of makes sense, right? But um, I don't know what they're going to call the new NBA team that comes here when LeBron owns it. But uh, I would like to see like the A's kind of rebrand and do, uh, you know, uh, kind of like an A and change it a little bit and. I don't know. Does the color scheme really work? I guess it's historic. Don't you have a brother in entertainment and a brother in broadcasting? Can't we, like, talk to people about this, get some ideas out there, make a pitch? Listen, if I didn't get my way of having the Super Bowl LV 55 in Las Vegas instead of SoFi Stadium, I don't know if I can pull this off. Brilliant. <laughs> that should have happened. I tried. It was because, remember— Oh no! It was not SoFi Stadium. Got moved to Tampa, I think. Right? It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be in SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium wasn't ready yet, and so they had to change the location of Super Bowl LV, and so they changed it to Tampa, where the Bucks won in their home stadium. But when they made the announcement like years ago, I was like, guys, like the Elysian Stadium is going to be ready. Like, put the Super Bowl LV in Vegas. Super Bowl LV is Super Bowl Las Vegas. The branding was incredible. Nope, they didn't give a shit. Nope, they don't care. By the way, is LV55? Did I just make up those numbers? I, I think it know. is. Yeah, L is right? 50. L is 50. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was 55, right? What Super Bowl are we on now? 58, 59? 58 coming up. Can't even like, keep up with these. When do we stop using the Roman numerals? I don't think we... Every time I look it up in an article, I have to like do like math in my head. I hate it. Just write it down, 58. Let's change the convention. Right. Yeah. So we're at L-V-I-I-I. <laughs> Come on. It's too, it's too damn high. It's going to be like X, 1, 2. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It was cool when it was Super Bowl XXX. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 20, it made sense. 32. That was yeah, good one. It was like Super Bowl 30. Super Bowl XXX. Kind of looked like, like a, you know, it was, it was awesome. But uh, that was like the, Vince McMahon branded it. Like the XFL, yeah. <laughs> that was what, Steelers, Cowboys? I think I have no idea. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's where we're at right now with the Las Vegas A's. Congratulations! I'm sure the people will miss the trop fondly. I will mean, they? No, I'm saying it like oh. you know sarcastically because <laughs> the trop is. Either of you guys ever been there? I've been in there. I saw yeah. a comedy show there. Yeah, it's a, it's a... There's blackjack. It's an older Vegas casino. <laughs> it's, uh, like I said, there, there's fond memories, but uh, <laughs> the place hasn't probably been updated since. Uh, the Rat Pack was still here. Yeah, uh, it's it's due for a renovation. It is due for a renovation. It's, I don't know if it's quite Luxor level due for a renovation. Mm. That's that's a high level. But it's yeah. getting there. It's yeah. getting there. So did you know Lux? Yeah, Luxor. Did you know it's uh, supposed to be? Uh, was it the Luxor supposed to be Xanadu or the Excalibur? It was supposed to be a project called. Xanadu it was supposed now. to be a, a, a project called Xanadu. Which was going to be like a state of the art, like you know, you know, futuristic style hotel and casino. I read a bunch. I read an they article. changed their mind. Yeah, I read an article about a bunch of proposed Vegas properties that never got built. If the Al- if the Excalibur got built, what didn't get built? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do you, you ever drive past Mandalay Bay and see those two giant towers? The Delano yeah. towers. Yeah. No, the two giant like poles, poles ground, that are yeah. sticking up from oh. the ground across from the Mandalay oh, yeah, Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was supposed to be an observation wheel, like the high roller. 
Really? Yes. You just it, stopped like they, halfway, yes. through, not even halfway. So through. they built it. It was supposed to be the world's largest observation wheel. At the same time, Caesars got a thought, got approved to build their observation wheel, the high roller. Caesars broke ground, and they were on target to open before this one was supposed to open. And then this one, I don't know if they went bankrupt or they just, like, stopped planning it. It was actually supposed to be part of a larger casino project called the London Casino, and it was supposed to be, like, the London Eye. Yeah. And it was supposed to have the Ferris wheel with, like, Big Ben and all that stuff. There actually is a London hotel in Macaw. You know, like in Macau, there's like a bunch of Macau hotels. Macau. That, Macau. There are a bunch of hotels that are basically the same as Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Like all the Vegas casinos and hotels have a Macau one. Like the Venetian looks yeah. exactly like the Venetian in yeah. Macau. Um, so they have the Londoner. I think it's called the Londoner in Macau. That was supposed to be across from Mandalay Bay. And it was supposed to have the observation wheel, Big Ben, all that stuff. All that is left, and this is like early 2000s. They broke ground on this thing. Those two poles have been there for like over a decade. Just chilling in the desert. God. What a big F There's you would be. There's just two random. Seriously, people, if you are coming to Vegas or if you are a Vegas local, drive past Mandalay Bay and look at these two giant poles sticking in the ground that are part of what was supposed to be a giant Ferris Maybe wheel. I'm petty, but if I'm the MGM, who I assume MGM owned that property. I have no idea. But whoever Probably owns that right property, I, I, I just assume MGM because they own everything on that mm-hmm. in that area. I would build the world's largest observation wheel bigger than the one Caesars has, and make them shut theirs down. Be well, like, you marketed this yeah. is the biggest? No, but friend. It's, not, it's the second biggest. They don't, the it is the second biggest now. The because, one in London's bigger? No. Or the one in Macau's bigger? No, the one in, uh, it's, uh, I think there's one in Dubai that opened up recently over the last two uh-huh. years that is actually bigger than the High Roller. But if you're not even the biggest so the high the roller, strip. The High Roller was the largest observation wheel in the world until this one, I guess, in Dubai opened well, up. If you're not even the biggest one on the strip, like, can you even be open? Just shut it down. You ever been on the high roller? I have. Yeah, it takes like a half an hour to go all the way around. I've been on that. There's and a bar in there, You right? can get the bar car, yeah. I've been on the London Eye as well. You've been on the oh, London really? Eye? I have. You went to London? Probably. Yeah. Wow. I went there to watch a Texans-Jags game. It, what an event. Wow. What an event at old Wembley Stadium. Did you bring your lunch with you? No. You actually ate there? Yeah, I ate there, yes. Yeah. Who knew how cultured this guy was? Very, very Fish cultured. I went to, went to Belgium on that trip as well. For the beer? For the beer, yeah. 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 I, love a, I love a good Belgian. It's like hot. I love a Belgian white. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the beer in London is served like right below room temperature. Like, uh, it's not pleasant in my mind. Refrigeration, like, man. It's, it's tough back in the day. Uh, yeah. I, but it's not <laughs> back in the day. Like, it's now. We <laughs> figured out. It. We started this segment talking about Major League Baseball, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to reference something that I saw online yesterday. And we are now like 50 games through the Major League Baseball season. And last year, Aaron Judge was on this incredible pace to break the all-time home run record, which he did by, well. No, he did not. For those who (laughs) choose to uh, forget Barry Bonds existed, uh, at least we can say he broke the American League record, right? Yes. He hit 62 home runs, passing Roger Maris' 61. Last season, through the first 49 games of the year, Aaron Judge— hit 17, excuse me, 19 home runs. He had 38 RBIs in that span, and that was en route to a MVP season. This year, through the same amount of games, right across town, Pete Alonzo of the Mets has 18 home runs and 43 RBIs. 
Pete Alonso right now is 13 to 1 to be the National League most valuable player. He's batting 231. Is that too low? That or is the problem. Batting average doesn't matter anymore. I disagree. Got to matter some. 231. What's his OPS? 880. That's what matters. It's not all right. It's not MVP. Level. Right now the favorite is Ronald Acuña. What's his OPS? He's fifth. He has a 1000 OPS. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think like I agree with you that batting average doesn't matter until it's 230. Hmm. And it's like, if you tell me the best player in your league hit 230 this year. He leads the majors with 18 home runs. That's cool. His name's Adam Dunn. Like, <laughs> all right, Adam Dunn was a really good home run hitter. He's, uh, who's the guy that plays for the, or played for the, the Texas Rangers for a while, the first baseman. Was it, I guess Joey Gallo was this for a while, but mm-hmm. there was another guy that all he did was club home runs and strike out. Like, it's it's a nice uh, it's it's a nice story to see Chris all the home Davis runs. for the Chris Orioles. Davis, did. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, but that guy can't be the MVP. Of the Crush league. Davis. You can't. If be the, the MVP. season plays out just like it has, does he win the MVP? You think? Yes. If he leaves, have like sixty home runs, so that'd be helpful. Well, if he if he hits close to sixty home runs and and leads the league in RBIs, yes, he's going to be the MVP. Does, does I don't it matter how good the Mets are. Yeah, I mean, if well, if he continues to do that, the Mets are going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team. But here's the interesting stuff when you compare Judge to Alonzo for, like, as good as Aaron Judge is, all the accolades. Since uh, Alonzo came into the major leagues, which was on March 28th, 2019, he has 164 home runs. Aaron Judge only has 151 yeah. in that same span. Like, Pete Alonzo is the premier home run hitter in Major League Baseball. The most home runs with an exit velocity of 110 miles per hour or more since 2019 when Alonzo came into the league, Shohei Otani's got 43. That's a lot. That's a lot. Aaron Judge has 51. Pete Alonzo has 52. Damn. Like, since 2021, obviously, like, Aaron Judge has more, but he only, Aaron Judge with 115 home runs since 2021, 262 RBIs. Shohei Otani in that span, 91 home runs, 227 RBIs. Pete Alonso with 95 home runs, 268 RBIs. You don't hear his name as much. Yeah, he, he hits 230. Because he hits 230. <laughs> but he drives in more runs. He hits more home runs. He is, I mean, he's the premier power hitter in Major League Baseball. And yet, I think that you want to add a good value bet right now, Pete Alonso, 13-1 to National League MVP. Okay. I think he's got to at least hit 250 to be the MVP. Okay. I think I'd, be, I'd, I'd I love think, to go back through history. I think 58 home runs does does the job. Okay. <laughs> That's what I think. And he's on pace for what now? 58? 58 home 58, runs. 58, yeah. 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 I think that gets the job done. Let's take a look at the Major League Baseball schedule for today. we got some day games uh, going around the league. The Cardinals are at the Reds. Miles Michaelis on the hill for the Cardinals. And Luke Weaver gets the start for the Reds. Uh Cardinals, you know, still doing their thing. It's been like a back and forth series here with the Reds. You know, they uh they they lost big yesterday and I just don't like the Reds to win back-to-back games. So, I think the Cardinals You're trying to use the A's system trying on to use the Reds. Okay. Yeah. Uh Cardinals are minus 170 total of 10. Blue Jays are at the Rays. Alec Manoa on the hill for the Blue Jays. Zach Eflin goes for the Rays on like name recognition, you'd be like Manoa and the Blue Jays, right? Well, Tampa's minus 145. Why? Because Zach Eflin this year is 6-1 with a 3-4-5 ERA. 
And Alec Manoa is 1-4 with a 5.15. Yeah. He has not been good. No, he's not. He has not been good. Total's nine in that game. Uh, day game at the Trop, under. Okay. That's a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. All right. It's a thing. There's no rhyme or reason. Maybe the way that the sun shines through the bubble. I don't know. I don't it's know. just it's just a thing. I don't know. It's just a thing. It's a cavernous park. Yeah. Like day games at the Trop. I don't know. Uh, Marlins at the Rockies. Braxton Garrett goes for Miami. Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. Miami's minus 125, total of 11. The Marlins winning yesterday 10-2. Yes. Yuli Gurriel had a big day. He had four hits. Uh, we have the Padres at the Nationals. Blake Snell opposes Jake Irvin. San Diego's minus 178. Remember when you felt okay laying 178 with Blake Snell? Yeah. That's a, it's it's a, not today. It's a high price. Today is uh, not that day, friend. Padres losing 5-3 yesterday to the Nationals. The White Sox are at the Tigers. Lucas Giolito goes for the White Sox. Alex Fajardo goes for the Tigers. Chicago minus 140, total of 8.5. Orioles at the Yankees. Kyle Gibson for Baltimore. Clark Schmidt, AJ, Over. your boy. Over. For the Yankees. Total's 9. Over. These two teams. Clark Schmidt Day. These Clark two, Schmidt Day. They've won over the past two games that they've played. 6-5 in the opener. 9-6 last night. Yeah. So both games between the Yankees and Orioles have rolling, gone baby. over. Phillies are at the Braves. Aaron Nola on the hill for the Phillies. And it looks like it's going to be Dylan Dodd for the Braves. Mets are at the Cubs. And, wow, Kyle Hendricks makes his 2023 debut for the Chicago Cubs. Welcome back, Kyle Hendricks. I'm sure the fans will be happy to see him. And Carlos Carrasco gets the start for the Mets and his 8.68 ERA. Cubs are minus 120, but... I, I don't know what Hendricks is going to look like. Uh, the Giants are at the... You know what he's going to look like? Champion. Yeah. Champion. Scott, Scott Alexander will get the start for the Giants against the Brewers. Brewers unsure what they're going to do with their pitching situation. And the A's are at the Mariners. J.P. Sears gets the start for the A's. Logan Gilbert goes for the Mariners. Seattle minus 240. Total of 7.5 as Seattle goes for the four-game sweep over our Las Vegas Athletics. I think they get it. <laughs> you want to make sure that you guys head on over to pregame.com and take advantage of a variety of discounted packages that we have available for you. So many things that you could sink your teeth into at pregame.com. If you have not signed up already, do so. Go to pregame.com, sign up. It takes less than a minute, and then bang. Well, I guess depending on how slow you type, I mean, it could take more than a minute. But you sign up at pregame.com, and all new members get a free $25 right off the bat. Just spend it however you want. You want a daily best bet? Go ahead. Get one. You want uh, $25 off of any subscription package? Go right ahead. Use your $25 however you want to use it. And in addition to that, not just new users, all users at pregame.com, you get to take 20% off anything you'd like on the website using our promo code SPRING20. SPRING20 gets you 20% off anything at pregame.com. Why? Because these are the last days of spring, right? The summer solstice is approaching. The sun is staying out longer and longer. It's getting hotter and hotter. Take advantage now. I hadn't to- noticed. <laughs> you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm lying. I've noticed. Yeah. Def- definitely noticed. Take advantage. Go to pregame.com. Use the promo code SPRING20. Take 20% off. For listeners of this podcast. For AJ Hoffman and Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.